Luke chapter 23. I read from verse 33 to verse 43. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, There they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood on looking, but even the rulers with them were sneering, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourselves. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive jury reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And everybody said... The age in which we are living is called by many things. They call it the information age, the atomic age, the computer age, the space age, the technological age, the globalization age, or better still, the 4IR age. But as we look on the events that are unfolding in our world, it seems like a different label seems to describe these days in which we live. And really, I think the label that would be befitting would be to say the age in which we live seems like could be called the age of despair. If we consider the current challenges plaguing our world today. Economic recessions, natural disasters due to climate change, terrorism and war, famine, pestilence, unemployment, hunger, gender-based violence, corruption, death, and so many other injustices and evil systems We even find an increasing number of people becoming pessimistic, despondent. People are despairing about the situation of humankind. 
It looks like our own wisdom as human beings hasn't taken us far. Not too long ago, just two or three years ago, as humanity, we came to a standstill through the COVID virus, a virus that we are told by those in the health sector, if you wash your hands with soap and you have like 70% of alcohol, you can kill that virus. Think about it. Something that can be killed just by soap brought our world to a standstill. We may need to admit that maybe we are not as wise as we think. Maybe we are not as strong as we think. Maybe we are not as capable as we think. And as we look at the things around the world, you note that there's a lot of despair in this age. It looks like our time is plagued by feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, fear, and despair. And this is why it is in this time that we want to remind the world and remind everybody in this time of despair, in this time of hopelessness, there is still hope in Jesus Christ our Lord. Statistics are showing that more and more people in our country are feeling a sense of despair. And this is leading to an increased number of cases of anxiety, fear, mental diseases, alcohol abuse, and many other challenges. A study conducted by Vets Medical Research Council Developmental Pathway for Health Research Unit, very, very long one, they call it DPHRU, which was published in last year in November, reads as follows, and I quote, a new study reveals that South Africans suffer higher rates of probable depression and anxiety than other countries. A national survey in South Africa showed that more than a quarter of South Africans suffer from probable depression with higher levels in certain provinces. South Africans' rate of mental illness is even much more than double of that in Brazil. Brazil, which is classified as a low- and middle-income country with high levels of inequality. And so we see that in our nation, there are many people who feel despondent. Of course, there's many other reasons why people feel the way they feel. But one word can describe this, and that's the word hopelessness. People feel that there's no hope. Another study published in the South African Medical Journal last year in 2022 shows that we as South Africans have even resorted to masking our despair by abusing alcohol. The article reads as follows, and I quote, South Africans are heavy drinkers, and the country ranks high on the list in terms of alcohol consumption compared with other nations. Depending on the source of information, between 25 and 50% of people who consume alcohol in South Africa are classified as binge drinkers. Data from the World Health Organization for 2015 ranks South Africa as the third biggest drinking nation in Africa and the 19th biggest drinking nation in the world. The current stats show us that we have upgraded to number 16 in the world. <laughs> depending, on the, depending on all of this, 
when you look at all this information, brother, the article continues to say, a lot of harm is caused. Up to 62,000 deaths per year that happen in South Africa are caused by alcohol consumption, with the vast majority caused by episodes of beast drinking. This is according to data in 2020. In fact, the article further says an estimated half a million people die in South Africa annually. And this is a, an estimate or an article published in 2018 about the mortality data of South Africa. And the article further says this means alcohol causes up to 13% of all deaths in the country. Now, we can all argue and have a debate as to the veracity of these deaths. We can all argue as to the reasons why people do this. But I believe we can admit one thing. We have a problem. We really have a problem. And these statistics, I believe, are a telltale signs of a people who are crying out for help. We need help. We need intervention. And our own efforts are not helping us. Our own human efforts are not helping us. We are a people who feel a sense of despair. We are a people who feel a sense of hopelessness. But the nice thing about us as a people, we are also a people who are not shy about turning to God. We are also a people who don't apologize about raising the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't mind singing hymns. We don't mind praying. We don't mind going to church. We don't mind reading the Bible. But most of all, we don't mind coming to God and saying, God, we need help. And as we gather here today, and the millions of Christians that are gathering around the world, some may be asking themselves, is there any hope still? We read in our main text, a very interesting passage. A man who had been crucified, who was a thief, together with his friend, because these two men had committed wrong. But in the midst of that, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was crucified alongside these two men, the scriptures tell us that Jesus had done no wrong, and yet he was declared guilty and sentenced to death and crucified between two criminals. Whilst he was being crucified, we remember his words when he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Soldiers were mocking him. There were those who were gambling next to him, dividing his clothes among themselves. Others were standing by, looking on. Luca, uh, rulers were sneering and shouting. They were saying, you saved others. Why can't you save yourself? But one of the criminals who was hung next to Jesus was also hailing abuse and saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. But the other criminal who was in desperate need of help, the other criminal who was facing the fact that his life is fast leaving him, the other criminal who was counting down to the fact that not too long from that time he would be dead. He turned to Christ in a time like this and talked to Christ in a time like this because Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross more than 2,000 years ago, it wasn't a beautiful, nice place where he died. It was on a hill called Golgotha. 
outside the city. This place, Golgotha, was known to be a place where people who were criminals were hung on the cross and they would died a cruel death. In fact, the sign of them being on the cross meant that they were an outcast, a societal outcast, rejected by God, forsaken by God. And so Jesus Christ, our Lord, he hangs on the cross as one rejected by God, as one who is an outcast of society. But he hangs on the cross not because of anything wrong that he had done. He hangs on the cross because he was hanging on the cross for you and for me. And when a man whose life is slipping away, a man who desperately needs hope, when this man turns to Jesus at the last minute of his life, Jesus doesn't turn him back. In fact, when this man said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus says, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, Jesus is saying that you turn to me for help. I give you hope. That you turn to me for help. I want you to be aware that you are in my mind. You see, every one of you, God remembers you. Every one of you, you are in God's mind. Every one of you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it is in your life that you're going through, God thinks about you. You are in God's mind. And this is why this day is an important day where we remember Jesus Christ who hung on the cross to give us human beings hope. You see, hope, according to God, is not an empty wish. Hope, according to the Bible, is an expectation. Not just an expectation, but a favorable expectation. When God gives us hope, he looks at our miserable situation and he does something about it. When God gives us hope, he brings light to our darkness. When God gives us hope, he doesn't deny our immediate darkness. He doesn't deny our current challenges. But what he says to us is that in the midst of your challenges, in spite of what you are faced with, I will bring light in the dark valley of your life. I will bring sunshine in the dark valley of your life. And therefore today, we can have hope because of Jesus Christ. In spite of everything that surrounds us, that tries to take us into despair, everything around us that tries to make us to lose hope, we can have hope. You see, when you lose hope, you abandon your life. When you lose hope, you stop trying. When you lose hope, you don't have a feeling of wanting to live. When you lose hope, you don't even have any vision for your life. Because the Bible tells us, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. One translation says, unrelating disappointment leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn your life around. This man on the cross, 
Jesus gave him hope. Jesus didn't take him off the cross. But he tells him, what you are in, what you are going through right now is not the end of the story. There's a life beyond this cross. There's a life beyond this situation. And I want to announce in this stadium, whatever you are going through, whatever situation you are facing, there is life beyond this time. There is hope beyond this time. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is here to give us hope. Imagine this man who lived a life of violating other people. We don't know what he did. Maybe he murdered people. Maybe he raped people. Maybe he stole. He did a lot of crime. Yet, when he turns to Jesus, Jesus gives him hope. Jesus doesn't turn him away. Instead, he says, there is hope for you. The good thing about this man is that he was an honest man. See, when we come to God and we are honest about what we feel and we are honest about our situation, God will not turn us back. This man is aware. All my efforts to change my life through my own power have failed. This man acknowledges my life has gone wrong. My life and my decisions have left me to destruction. But I will turn to this one who is on the cross and Jesus gives him hope. And so today I want to announce in this place, God is here today in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's here because he said, when we meet in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will be there among us. Jesus Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is in the stadium this morning. He is there right where you are. I may not know your name, but he knows your name. I may not know your trouble, but he knows your trouble. I may not know your difficulty, but he knows your difficulty. And he is not just here, just to be here and not do anything. He is here to stretch his hand and lift you up and give you hope today. He is here to tell you, you can dream again. You can have a vision again. You can be raised again. Jesus is here to tell you, you've been trying to get your life to be in a proper way. I am here to help you and to forgive you and to cleanse you. This man on the cross somehow understands that this event at the last moment of his life as much as his life is slipping away, it's not too late for him to call upon God's help. It's not too late for you, my sister, my brother. It's not too late for you, my mother, my father. It's not too late for you, young person. It's not too late for you, children, to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. With God, it's never too late. With God, you are never too wrong. With God, you are never too evil. With God, you are never out of sorts. God will reach out to the farthest places. God will reach out to the most minute person. With God, you don't have to be an important person. With God, you don't have to have an important title. With God, you don't have to be a distinguished person. All you need to do with God is to say, yes, God, I need your help. I need your intervention.
Can I hear a huge amen in the stadium? Can I hear a shout in the stadium? Can I hear somebody shout and say, we need you, Jesus? This man decides, I will take the initiative by myself to call upon Jesus. And Jesus responds immediately because that's the nature of God. When you call on him and you reach out to him, he immediately springs into action. Why? Because he's a God who's thinking about you. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is thinking about you. Just tell them, God is thinking about you. God is thinking about you. God is thinking about you. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Note verse 12. Then you will call upon me and pray to me. And I will listen to you. God is saying, if you call on me in need of hope, if you call on me in whatever situation, I will hear you because I'm thinking about you. I'm aware of you. I know you need help. This man on the cross takes the initiative and Jesus responds and says, today, 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 you will be with me in paradise. You see, when you call on God, he doesn't say tomorrow. He says today. He says now. When you reach out to God, God doesn't say I'm too busy. He says I'm here right now. I'm aware of you right now. And so Jesus tells this man, the reason for the hope says, today I will be with you in paradise. For this man, he needed to be in paradise. But what Jesus said to this man, to us it means, Jesus is there for whatever we need. Jesus is telling us, it is my cross that can bring hope. You see, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross brings hope. It brings hope, number one, that our sins can be forgiven. You know, sin and the power of sin is something that we as human beings can never be able to deal with. We can't break its power because it's something that is like a prison that when it holds you in bondage, you can't be free from the clutches of sin. People do things they don't like. They go to places they don't like. They end up doing things that bring trouble to them. And they promise, I will not do it again. But they find themselves doing it again. And as a result, they live with a sense of guilt and condemnation. Trying their best to change their lives. But Jesus says, you don't need to try and change your life. You don't have the power to change your life. Jesus says, I will change your life. If you turn to me, I will change your life. He changed the life of the thief on the cross. 
He changed the life of a man who was about to die. He changed the life of a man who was on the eve of going to destruction. And the same Jesus can change your life today. He can forgive your sin, forgive your wrong. There is hope in living free of sin. Hope in being set free from things that bind and destroy. Jesus and his cross gives us hope number two of a new start in life. You know, in this world, people don't forget the wrongs that we did. Somehow we live in a world where people will always remind you of the things that you've done. And they just never give you a second chance. Not so with God. Our God is a God of a second chance. It is through the cross that we are given a new start in life. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what has gone wrong in your life. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ can give you a new start in your life. He takes a new page and writes a new story about your life. He forgives you. He cleanses you. And he gives you a chance to start again. Jesus Christ specializes in taking broken lives and putting them back together again. Jesus Christ specializes in taking lives of people that have been outcasts and changing them again. Jesus Christ wants to give you a new start in your life. Number three, through the cross of Jesus Christ, there is hope for the healings of our body. Today we live in a world that as much as we have advanced in technology, there's a lot of conditions that medical science doesn't know what to do with them. Sometimes it's difficult when you go to consult with medical doctors and they do all their tests and they tell you, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Marawena, you know, and right. But they tell you, no, you are okay. But you see, Jesus Christ is able to heal and able to see what the stethoscope cannot see, what the, what, the, what the examiners cannot see. Jesus Christ is able to reach out to us and bring healing in our bodies. And in this vast stadium, probably there are people who are there with sickness, disease, struggling with conditions. Maybe you can't sleep at night. Maybe you don't have peace at all. And your life is being brutalized. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, not only did he die for our sin, but the Bible says he died and it is by his stripes that we are healed. Today, you can call on him. You can say, Jesus, will you heal my body? Jesus, will you change me? Jesus, will you release me? from this bondage. Number four, Jesus Christ through his cross is able to bring deliverance. You know there are many people who are bound in our world today bound by not only diseases but even worse bound by habits that they cannot break. We know in our country the many people, several people who unfortunately drugs has taken over their lives or alcohol has taken over their lives and they try 
they are level best to be free from these things. Now we do know that there is intervention that is needed, a multi-pronged intervention that is needed. But I want you to know today, Jesus Christ our Lord is able to bring deliverance to people who are bound. One of my greatest joys as a pastor is to be able to engage in conversations with people who know what their past looks like. I've spoken to a number of them who told me, you know, for many years I couldn't stop doing such and such. I could promise, but I wouldn't stop doing such and such. But somehow I received Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And Jesus Christ brought deliverance. See, when Jesus comes into the heart of a person, he brings order where there is disorder. When Jesus Christ comes in the heart of a father, he makes that father to be a father who has order in his home. When Jesus Christ enters into a home, he brings order in that home. Jesus Christ offers hope. There's hope for deliverance. There's hope for you to be free today. There's hope for you that you don't have to go around bound the way you are bound. Number five, Jesus Christ is able to bring hope for us to be free from all kinds of curses. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives wherein some people seem to be locked in a prison where it's one bad thing after another that's going on in your life. And you don't know how to get out of it. You don't know how to stop it. Or sometimes people are brutalized by demonic powers in their lives. And they have evil spirits that are ruining their lives. And they don't know what to do. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is able to bring deliverance to people. Jesus Christ is able to bring blessing in your life. The Bible says, when he died on the cross, he became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham should come upon us, the Gentiles. Jesus took your sin. Jesus took your curses. Jesus took your bondage. Jesus took your sickness and your disease. Jesus is bringing hope in your life. But like the thief on the cross, you need to take a step towards Jesus. The thief on the cross turned to Jesus and said, Lord, will you remember me? You can do the same today. You can come to Jesus Christ and ask him and say, Lord, here it is. I bring my life to you. I'm asking you, here is my broken life. Here is my life that needs your intervention. Will you change me? Will you transform me? Will you make me a different person? And so right now as I'm about to pray, I want to call on you in the stadium. Do you need Jesus to give hope in your life? Do you need Jesus to raise you up in your life today? Do you need Jesus to forgive you of your wrong? Forgive you of your sin? Set you free from bondage? Whatever bondage it is. Do you need Jesus to bring deliverance in your life? Healing in your life? Remove all kinds of curses in your life? Jesus Christ, today as we remember his death, burial, and resurrection, his blood still has the power to still bring change in your life today. If only we will give him a chance. As I'm about to pray, I ask us all 
to bow our heads and close our eyes. Because I want to call on people to make a decision that will change your life forever. The thief on the cross didn't wait for his friend to get his approval. He went to Jesus because he felt he needed to get help from God. I'm going to ask you, don't look at what your friend is thinking. Don't worry about what your friend is thinking. Just concern yourself with what you need from God. Do you want God to forgive you of your wrong, your sin? Do you want Jesus Christ to bring, he bring healing to you? Bring hope in your life? What is it that you're dealing with? Are you filled with despair? Are you looking around in your life and it looks like everything is falling apart? I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ, our Lord, wants to come into your life. Because when Jesus Christ enters any life, when he enters any home, when he enters any situation, he's, about, he's able to bring about change. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, how many of you in this place are saying, I need prayer. I need Jesus to intervene in my life. I really need him to come into my life and change things and turn things around in my life. If that is you and you need the prayer, would you just indicate by raising your hand, please, right where you are. Just raise it high, please, right where you are. If I could ask people, if they don't mind for now, just to close the umbrellas just for a few minutes. We will let you open them. It will help us, please. If you can just close the umbrellas just for a few minutes, we'll allow you to open them. But we ask people to raise their hands. Raise that hand, my dear friend. All over the place. I see hands all over the place. Raise that hand today. And as you raise your hand, I'm hearing you saying, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me. I need you, Jesus. Because I'm not going to allow my life to sit here in hopelessness and helplessness. If you raise your hand, would you please stand on your feet right where you are? Just where you are. Just stand on your feet. I see people standing without any shame. That's the good thing about us. We're not afraid and we're not ashamed to call on God. We're not ashamed to call on God no matter where we come from and what has happened in our lives. We're not ashamed all over the stadium. All over the stadium. Listen carefully. Your decision is so important that I don't want to take it lightly. I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer in this place so that when you leave this place today you know that Jesus has started something in your life. So all of you who are standing, all of you who raised your hands, I want to invite you to come from where you are. Even those who are right at the top, right there at the grandstands, we will wait for you. Come and walk all the way down. As you come, please only walk on the marked places. There are chance and everybody will help you. I see the young man coming. Come young man. Come everybody. Give them a hand as they come. Come and stand right here please.